desire to be led by the Spirit in the things that are true, that are honoring to the Lord. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, sometimes as we get into the Word, we need to consider these things so that when we do come and we do worship, we know exactly what we're saying and what we're declaring to the Lord. We're asking Him to lead us, to guide us, to empower us, uh, to be the reason why we live today. We are stewards of what he's entrusted to us. And so this morning, as we get into God's word, we're going to continue our study in Mark chapter 13. And Jesus continues to exhort us, teach us, help us to know how to respond in days that are difficult, especially as we see here in the last days. And so... The title is similar, The Last Days, and the one action that we ought to be ready for is the response that we have to the things that are happening around us. And things are declining rapidly. And so we need to, if, ever, if we've ever needed to be ready, it's, it's now. It's in this moment to be fixed on the Lord, not on uh, the, the things that are happening. Do we acknowledge Him? Yes. But is that our hope? No. Uh, we ought to be ready for the coming, the return of Jesus Christ. So let's read in Mark chapter 13, verse 14. It says, But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak and alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days pray that it may not happen in winter for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be and if the Lord had not cut short the days no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he, whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard, I have told you all things beforehand. Verse 24. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. No, oh, Father. We are so grateful, Lord, that you left us with understanding. Lord, you didn't leave us in the dark. You, you Lord, you revealed the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the things of the last days, Lord, are described to us in such a way that we would be prepared, being on guard, not allowing ourselves to be led astray. Lord, having such understanding, Lord, that in the moment we would not be filled with anxiety, but rather we would be filled with hope knowing that you are faithful and you will come for us, Lord, that even as the Apostle Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord, help us at this moment as we study the remainder of this chapter. Lord, to consider these things. Lord, and live with expectancy. Respond to these things, Lord, not directly to them, Lord, but because of them. Draw closer to you and be faithful to you. 
for we are stewards of the things that you've entrusted to us. Lord, our lives, our marriages, our children, and Lord, serving you within the church to make disciples. That as we grow and draw closer to you and and gain a greater understanding of your word, we are to stir each other up to love and good works, to help others also along this path. And so, Father, speak to us this morning, I ask, Father. May you be honored and glorified. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we continue Jesus' address on the Mount of Olives to his disciples. We know that gathered together we have Peter, James, John, and Andrew. So we have four brothers, two sets, and they're all together. They had asked Jesus, considering the last days, what is going to happen. Remember that they had asked him privately. In fact, the question was prompted by Jesus. Uh, in his statement that he made to them after they had been marveling uh, about the temple and, and asking him, consider the temple and all the buildings, the, the beauty of them all. And they were, as I described to you last week, absolutely beautiful, grand. I mean, think about these, these tall buildings, the temple, and, and the walls covered in gold. When the sun shone on the buildings and the temple at just the right angle, it would be blinding. It would be absolutely beautiful and awesome. But then Jesus told them, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And that prompted their question that we see in verse 4. Tell us. When will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? They wanted to know not only the moment that these things happen, but what will lead up to that moment that these things happen? How can we know? How can we anticipate? And what do we do when it does come? Well, Jesus prompted this. This, this, was, this was leading right into the Olivet Discourse. The Lord described the times, but more importantly, as he described the, the times, the, the last days, more importantly, he encouraged his followers to maintain a steadfast faith. Perhaps there are times when our faith is waning. We, uh, we feel overwhelmed. Life has just weighed us down, whether it be work or relationships. Sometimes we experience, if we allow it to, our marriage to be in disarray. That's heavy. That's heavy. We start asking the question, Lord, where are you? The Lord desires that we draw close to him, that we trust in him. That even when faced with circumstances as those who are alive in this time will be faced with, that we maintain a steadfast faith. Demonstrated in our obedience to God through the toughest of times, even the end times. You know, it's those, it's in those moments, if we are drawing close to the Lord, if we are walking in obedience with Him, that it's in those moments of difficulty that that obedience will come into play. It's in those moments that we will remember, consider the faithfulness of God and His Word. You know, I... As I consider this, I think about, and I haven't mentioned this for some time, but if I look back to the days 
when I served in the military. And I remember going through some tough training. And it was day in and day out. A lot of training, a lot of training, a lot of training. And even something called problem solving. And what would happen is the instructors would swim above us in the pool and, and there would be two of us swimming together uh, with scuba gear on. And they would swoop down on us and take the regulator off our mask, take our fins sometimes, try and take our tanks. We would have to hold on to our tanks and our buddy. That was, those were the two things we needed to hold on to. But let's back up a bit, because prior to that, there's a lot of classroom work. There's a lot of book work. And, and it seemed during that time, it's like, man, you know, I just want to get to diving. Like, I want to get to just getting in the water and experiencing that. I, I, that's what I want to do. But all of that book work, all of that knowledge, if I wasn't understanding of it, if I wasn't heeding that knowledge and that word that was given to me prior to getting into that situation, I would be at a loss. I wouldn't know what to do. Can you imagine in that moment trying to get some air out of my regulator, not having purged it and cleared it? How would you know that? Well, I don't know. It would just come to me. No, it wouldn't. You'd suck in a, instead of air, you'd be pulling in some water. What about if you did try and purge it and no air was coming through? Oh, that means the instructor shut off your air. What would you do? Well, follow it back and turn on the air. Then follow the line to your second stage regulator and put it in your mouth, purge it, and start breathing. Then take care of everything else. You wouldn't know that unless you didn't have that classroom academic work prior to being in that situation. You wouldn't know what to do. You know, I, I, I give you that, that picture, that illustration, because if you think that you can go through and gain strength in your Christian walk, and not ever touch the Bible, not read it, not study it, and then know what to do in troubled times, you're sorely mistaken. You will not know what to do. You'll have no idea, and you'll make it up as you go along. You'll say, this is Christianity, when you have no clue. Listen, the Lord has given us instructions. He's given us in this Bible, everything we need to know pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything. It's laid out for All we have to do is open it and read it. So how do we, we respond in the last days? How do we, we respond to the barrage of wickedness that we are faced with today? Jesus desired to prepare his disciples, and he does it well because he does all things well here he has this question asked of him and and, and keep in mind Jesus and his disciples are sitting on the Mount of Olive, Olives the brook Kidron is down below and directly across from them is the mount it's the temple it's the very building that they were in awe of just prior to that But keep in mind, as he brings them through the description of the last days, that his reason, Jesus' reason for telling them what was going to happen was to gain an understanding of the last days so that people would be prepared. Prepared. As Jesus was describing the last days, last days, he said, See that no one leads you astray. We went over that last week. Do not be alarmed. We learned that last week. Be on your guard. We learned that last week. Do you remember that? 
Keep that, and then we'll move forward. Because he continues on. We also learn, he said, do not be anxious. And endure. Endure. Persevere. Yeah, Jesus prepared his disciples well, and so he continues to prepare us well. Having disclosed what was once a mystery, he's made it clear. Jesus, before going to the cross, prepared his disciples not only for that day, but for life. So that they would, every single day, know exactly what was going to happen and and how to live today. If they experienced opposition, if they uh, experienced being arrested and taken before the authorities, they knew exactly what they were to do in that moment. You know, in John 16, Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. If you have any pastor saying, oh, peace, peace, all is well, name it and claim it, live your best life now, you can have everything your heart desires, <laughs> run. Please, please run. Listen, whatever we do, we do with excellence. Do all to the glory of God. But we need to know, man, we need to be tough. We need to be a people who are resolved in our hearts that we are determined to follow God, follow Jesus Christ, no matter what comes our way. And encourage others to do the same. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, is what Jesus said. This morning we continue Jesus' Olivet Discourse, speaking of the last days, describing them. And as we're picking up in verse 14, this is where Jesus talks about the abomination of desolation. Listen, sometimes we're so focused on figuring out who it is that's going to sit down in the Holy of Holies and bring about the desolation or the destruction that, that, we, that we get so excited about that, so worked up about that, that we miss living today for the Lord. And so we need to believe and know that, and at the same time, with more urgency, live for the Lord today. This message is for each and every one of us to be prepared, to be on guard, to be able to persevere and endure, to not allow ourselves to be led astray, to gain understanding, and be able to discern what is happening. Jesus tells of the abomination that brings desolation and what to do when this happens, and continues on to his return when he will gather his elect after the tribulation, as we read, those that survived it and are still alive. Let's begin with the abomination of desolation. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not be, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That is the beginning of his description in regards to the abomination of desolation. Who is the Antichrist? You guys have any idea? Speculation, right? Who are the enemies of Israel? Uh, Too many to count, right? Are the enemies of Israel assembling? Yep, they are. Are there wars? Are there rumors of wars? Opinions about wars? Many. How about lawlessness? It is disgusting. It it saddens me. I I, I won't even share the thought I'm having right now about what I just uh, learned about. You you guys know all the the things. Just a, a blatant disrespect for life, period. 
rampant evil. So the question for us, again, here for us today, what are we to do then? What are we to do? I'm going to back up a bit to give you an idea of the consistency in what is required of us as Christians by God in these last days. This is really important for us to, to grasp, to understand. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And let's just read. We're, we're going to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, even in Paul's day, you know, as the Lord had forewarned, you know, they were, they were deceivers. They were people who were saying things that were not true on purpose. It was deliberate. It was for a reason, just as it's going on even today. There were people in Paul's day who were telling them that, hey, you missed, you missed the boat. You missed Jesus' return. So, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And so Paul wrote to them, Hey, listen, I've already told you this, but I'm going to remind you in this letter of all the things that I have taught you. This is not true. Listen, when you know the Word of God, you're not alarmed, you're not filled with anxiety. You don't lose your hope. Why? Because you know exactly what's going to happen. And you walk with confidence, knowing God is faithful. Lots of opinions. Lots of opinions. But there's one truth. Paul was telling them, don't be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word. Hey, listen, there's a lot of spirits right now that people are paying attention to. If it's in opposition to the word of God, don't listen to it. Don't listen to them. A spoken word, it seems logical. Or perhaps a letter that, that's been sent. Oh, this is a word from God. But it's opposed to the word of God. It's not. Seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. None whatsoever. It's beautiful. We can go to the Word of God, and, and then as we know the Word of God and we hear things, we can, we can match it up and know, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't match up with Scripture. 
And we can dismiss that. We're not deceived. Paul further described the last days in his second letter to Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, but the Apostle Paul writes to him, speaking of the last days, the, the godlessness that's going to be rampant. Verse 1 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Sisters, if I may say something, and I'm saying this in a loving way, as we read, read this, it says, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women. Do not allow yourself to be weak. The individual is the one that allows themselves to be weak. Sisters, I must tell you that you need to read the Word of God. You, you need to know the Word of God and apply the Word of God. That, that no man may dupe you. Because there are many men who are players. You guys know this, right? I, I, I mean, we live in this world together. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. There, there are guys that go on the Christian dating app and say they're Christians. Test them out. Please test them out. Ask them what they're eating, where they're going, how they're serving, and then observe. Observe. And I'm speaking to the single sisters here, of course. But even, if, even as married women, listen, the Lord has called you to be your husband's helpmate. You know, as I, as I think about the time when <clears throat> I had a, a commercial pressure washing business, and I remember taking some guys along to help me out. And there was one guy in particular who got to understand the, the work really well. So he anticipated what I was going to do next. And what he would do is he knew there was a, a harmony amongst us. There was a rhythm that we got into. As we pulled up and he knew we were going to have to fill up with water, prepare the hoses. As I went in and dealt with the manager uh, uh, at the time and dealt with the paperwork, I, I would come out and it's like Sergio would have everything ready. And I was like, awesome. We can get on with this job on to the next one. And the night would, would be shorter than normal. He was my helpmate. But we worked together to do things in such a way that it was pleasing. It was like, wow, this is awesome. When I moved the truck up and the, the hose was laid out, he would, he would bring it along and set it right where I, was, I needed to continue to the job, the work. It was awesome. Hey, listen, husbands and wives, in the same way, you ought to work together in harmony. But it would require this, that wives and husbands be strong and possess great understanding of what the Lord requires. Otherwise, you'll have no idea what to do and what to anticipate, what to facilitate, what to encourage. We won't know that. We can be easily taken advantage of one way or the other. And so I encourage you to get to know the word of God 
as I read this and we read through this list, this description of the last days, husbands, you are the head of your household. Lead your wife in such a way that it's honoring to the Lord. Wash her with the word of God. Share that with her. Share in serving the Lord together. Grow together. Because there is much that is coming our way. We need to be prepared. This is what we do in the midst of what is being described to the disciples in that day. That is what we are to do. That's who we are to be. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Having nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And then he goes on to describing the last days. That is what we are to give ourselves to. That is who we are to be in the midst of a perverse generation. Now, the Antichrist, as we read, will someday reveal himself and sit on the throne in the temple in the Holy of Holies and declare himself as God. And it will cause a state of desolation or destruction tribulation like the world has never seen before. But what Jesus was referring to, you know, it was nothing new. It's nothing new. It's been prophesied by Daniel. There's 12 chapters in Daniel. You can look at chapters 11 and 12. And just read through it. Jeremiah, Ezekiel. The Antichrist will reveal himself and lead the world into a period not a destruction at first. At first, he'll be the answer to everyone's problems. A period of peace for three and a half years. And then, he will be energized by Satan to sit in the Holy of Holies and declare himself to be God. And as he does this, he'll, that'll be the mark, the beginning of the desolation that'll be known by the world. Of course, this implies that there will be a temple an altar, and daily sacrifices. They will be resumed. There is a very small remnant of Jews that want the temple and the sacrifices to resume, but the majority, they, they don't care about that. Again, the whole point of this address is to shed light, truth on these days, and know how to respond. That is the main point. If you're around in these days, you are tribulation saints. Those who have come to faith during the tribulation. Verses 24 through 27, as we read, address your pickup date by Jesus for the tri tribulation saints. We believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church as it is addressed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 13 through 18, and then you can also refer to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9. So what are we to do in these days? Again, I bring you back to what we are to be focused on. As Jesus said, and in some Bibles it's in parentheses, let the reader understand. What do we do? Run, flee, get out. That's how we respond in these days? Yeah, because it'll be a... It'll, it'll be a destruction as the world has never seen before. You think it's bad now? This is not something to take lightly. These are the instructions that Jesus gave his disciples. This is what he was saying. This is how it'll be. And what do you do when you see these things happening? Run. Get out of town. Do not believe anyone who says, look, here's the Christ. In that day, there will be an abundance of deceivers 
like we've never seen before, doing their best to lead people down, down the path of destruction. Even the elect, as we read, if possible. Who will be deceived? I believe it will be those who are ignorant of the word. Those who allow fear to guide them. Not being filled with the word and the Holy Spirit, but being filled with fear. In looking to someone or something to alleviate that fear. In verse 23, it says, be on guard. Jesus speaking, he says, but be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. You know, in that moment, listen, you've been told all these things. You're accountable for them. If we, if we, instead of this, refer to some other section of Scripture, we can, he can say the same thing. Be on guard. I've told you all things beforehand. That when we're faced with them, we know how to respond The abomination of desolation, and, and then after we see the tribulation. Verse 24, but in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will be, not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And so Jesus promises those that have come to believe in Jesus Christ for salvation during the tribulation that he will come again. And so his word is true. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love you with an everlasting love. He is faithful and he cannot deny himself. I love this, that even during that time, the tribulation period, hey, listen, we will go through much before during, but those who come to faith, even in the tribulation, Jesus says, I'm coming back for you. I'm not going to leave you. That where I am, there you may be also. And this is how it will all happen. So don't lose heart, even in the midst of that. He's speaking to the tribulation saints. He's saying, listen, don't lose heart. Be steadfast. Continue on. Endure, persevere. I'm coming back for you. This is the, the described in the days, but in those days after the tribulation, this is what it'll look like. But then, <laughs> Jesus will come in the clouds with great power and glory and will send his angels to gather his children unto himself, the elect. Jesus will gather all the saints who have survived the tribulation. You know, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Promises. Promises that I'll keep. Promises made, promises kept. 100% of the time. In, in all of this, we ought to consider the fig tree. It's interesting. Jesus moved us right into the illustration of the fig tree. In other words, this is how simple it is. Brothers and sisters, as sure as we know what season it is, when the branches soften and the branches begin to bud and produce leaves on a fig tree, so it will be in those days. Verse 28 says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven 
and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So Jesus was telling his disciples that in the last days it will be as plain as seeing a fig tree and knowing what time of year it is. A fig drops its leaves in winter and then in late spring, not early spring, but late spring, the branches again become tender, sprout leaves, and it is then that you know that summer is near. You know. They knew this very well. It will be that apparent when the last days are upon the world. God's word will be fulfilled. In fact, Daniel prophesied that the end will come 1,000 290 days after the abomination of desolation. You can look that up in Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. This will all happen quickly within a generation. But in regards to the actual day and time, well, he goes on. Verse 32. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows. They wanted to know the day. When will this take place? And after all, all of what he said, he answers that question. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And when I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Just in case you thought perhaps this address was only for Peter, Andrew, James, and John, he says, hey, I say this to you and I say to all. Stay awake. Stay awake. It's important what Jesus is emphasizing. Readiness, alertness, don't be caught sleeping. Don't be caught being lazy. He's not encouraging paralysis. The sitting of one on our hands and doing nothing. You see, this, this waiting is an active waiting. It's an active anticipation of the coming of the Lord, of the things to be fulfilled. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, It says, now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When the Apostle Paul is addressing his brothers and sisters in Thessalonica, he's telling them, hey, hey, listen, you don't even need to be instructed anymore. You have been told time and time again, but again, I'm putting it in writing. I'm giving it to you in this letter, and it's for your benefit and mine. Verse 2, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you're, you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And so, addressing that and reading that out, 
we're reminded of, it, of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. It's not an idle waiting. It's an act of hope, serving the Lord. Because if anyone is an example of what it looks like to be on guard, to keep awake, and to stay awake, it's the life of the Apostle Paul. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24, and you're very familiar with this church. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Just encouraging words. Stay the course. Jesus gave the simple illustration. I, I love how it is that he makes things simple. He reveals them, speaks to us something that is absolutely deep beyond our comprehension, our imagination. And at the same time, he simplifies it. Listen, this is what's important. When you see the, these things taking place, know that it's the last days. And then as you see these things happen, this is how you ought to respond. Listen, do what a servant is meant to do. But what is a servant meant to do? You know, you and I, we are servants of the Most High. Sometimes we think differently of ourselves. But we're servants. How is a servant to act, behave. I'll give you a little insight. Like a servant. <laughs> like a servant. Serving the master to whom everything belongs. Even us. Being a steward of what's been entrusted to us. And then anticipating and being ready for his return. Remember, he's gone away to prepare a place for us, but he will come back to take us to where he is. He's, he said it, he's going to do it. For you and I, let us be found ready, serving him. We've been entrusted with our lives in the gospel of Jesus Christ to live it and proclaim it in every sense. If we are ready for Jesus' return, then we have a sense of urgency about living for Jesus. Hey, listen, we are, we are preoccupied. Our lives, it's like we, we have these, these jobs, these things that we've prepared for. We do it well. But listen, that's not everything we live for. We, we are given that as a gift, right, to provide for our families. What should we be preoccupied with is him, his return, the proclamation, the declaration of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just afar, but here and near, within our homes, within our places of employment, to serve him within the church, living in every way in a manner that glorifies him, it gives us confidence to tell others about the gospel today. Why? Because we know that it actively works. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit going before us that convicts, that draws people unto the Lord. And as we live for him, as we're reminded of his word day in and day out, it helps us anchor our hope in Jesus and not in this world. We, we need more of that. Jesus wants us to be ready at all times. Let's be ready, church. Let's be ready. To live life with full knowledge and understanding of what is true, 
so as to not be fooled into believing anything that is false. There's plenty of that out there. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light, uh, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. The Lord is coming soon for his bride, the church. Are you his? And are you ready? Let's be ready. Father, we, we are so thankful once again for your word. Lord, as we're given a descript, description of the last days, Lord, you, you, you did so in that day so that we would know it even today. That we would be fully prepared for difficulties even the most overwhelming of difficulties, that we may be found faithful, Lord, knowing that there would be deceivers, those who desire to lead us astray, but you tell us to not allow ourselves to be led astray, to not be anxious about anything, but to be on guard and to be alert, to stay awake, to keep awake, Lord, and to live with a sense of urgency and with an expectancy of your return, being found or being faithful servants of you. And so, Father, I pray that you would move in anyone's heart, Lord, even now that does not know you. I, I, I would ask, Lord, Lord, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. It's not promised to us. Today is the day of salvation, and I pray, Lord, that even in, in hearing about the last days, that they would be drawn to you, knowing that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but it's by your grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, that anyone is saved. So, Lord, I pray that anyone who does not know you in this place or watching online or listening on the podcast, Lord, that, that they would be moved to completely surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, confessing their sins and asking Lord, to be forgiven and have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. That they also may be reminded of and have the hope of one day you coming for them as well. And so, Father, be with us, strengthen us, fill us with your spirit. Go before us and, Lord, help us to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.